Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Chandler Halliburton, an award-winning and top-producing agent for Remax Nova. In business since 2008, Chandler recently attained the Platinum Club Award for 2016. Chandler works with clients across a wide spectrum, from first-time buyers and relocating professionals to high-end luxury sales and investment properties. He was recently featured on the cover of the Canadian edition of Top Agent Magazine, and frequently writes on real estate matters in a column for the Chronicle Herald. On a personal note, Chandler and his wife have a four-pound multi-poo mix named Lamb Chop. When he's not selling real estate, he's investing in rental properties and a big fan of sports. Now, let's welcome Chandler to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. I can't believe that we just had to read an introduction where it mentioned a four-pound multi-poo mix named Lamb Chop. But Chandler, welcome to today's radio show. I appreciate you being my co-host. Thanks for having me, Tim. And and I think it's correctly pronounced multi-poo is usually how I hear it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. I didn't say it with a correct Canadian accent. You're right. <laughs> That's Lamb Chop, though. Well, She's probably listening right now. Well, listen, the reason I wanted you on the show is because you are one of those agents out there that does it year in and year out. You're somebody that has uh, basically runs a very profitable real estate team. I think you act – or by team, I mean you don't have a big team. And you have been very consistent with your numbers. You're somebody who has not – lost sight of why you're in real estate. You have a very, you know, you and your wife travel, you guys just, you know, you're in Mexico and all the rest of it. I think what you have yep. carved out for yourself is a example of what a lot of, re, a lot of, the very example of why people get into real estate in the first place. They don't want to lose their souls to it. They want to be able to have a really nice lifestyle. They want to be able to build net worth and, and they want to be able to feel like at the end of the day, they've done a really great job for their clients. And I think that's what folks will pull out of the show. But I could be completely wrong now that I read the had Tim read the introduction where we talked about lamb chop, but that's okay. So welcome to today's podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and, and I think you uh, you you touched on it correctly there. I mean, I think everyone looks at what they do for a living as a means to an end, and and the hope is that that end is living the life you want to enjoy. And listen, I love real estate, um, but I look at it as a uh, as a avenue to doing what uh, I really like to do, which is travel. Um, eat nice food at nice restaurants, uh, spoil my dog, do all those, those sort of things. So, and also invest in real estate. Um, part, of, uh, part of my business includes owning income properties and having that passive income for when I retire here, hopefully soon. So in, uh, for full, full disclosure listeners, Chandler is one of my personal coaching clients, but Chandler and I have kind of an interesting coaching background. I coached Chandler for a while, and then he fired me, <laughs> then he hired <laughs> me back. <laughs> well, you didn't think I was bringing that up, did you? So why did you well, fire me? Out for a while. Well, okay, well, let, but let's talk about that because that's really important, right? I mean, you you did, you know, you were. I certainly didn't change what I was doing in coaching, and you basically decided you didn't want to hear it anymore. You fired me, and then you basically <laughs> hired me back. Was like two years, three years later. So what was going on? And what was that all about? What's and the important thing is, is I know that was a learning experience for you, but it's important that they listen so they don't make the same you know, they can make their own mistakes, not the same ones you made, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, listen, a, a lot of agents are, are stubborn people by nature. I, I'm certainly, I fall into that category. Uh, we're in an industry where you're very independent. You kind of take on a lone wolf mentality. And for years and years, I plugged away doing well, but, but not doing as well as I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I would say that I kind of hit a point where finally I was in that uh, desperate mode where I, I finally admitted that to take it to the next level, I should maybe speak with someone who, you know, had already been there and done that. And actually, and I can't remember if I ever told you this, but I was driving home from a lovely place called Cape Breton. It's about five hours from where I live here in Nova Scotia. And I was driving back, it was over the Christmas holidays, and I was listening to your podcast. And I've looked into coaching programs before, but you know, your kind of direct, no-nonsense approach and the fact that you actually sold real estate resonated with me. I'm like, okay, I'll try this guy out. And, you know, long story short, in, in the eight months that we worked together, I blew out all of my previous numbers. And I'd consistently been winning awards, but I, you know, I took it to that next level um, and really kind of got to the point where everything was just ratcheted up um, to a very high point. Um, and then we, we parted ways, you know, because I thought, oh, no, you fired so me unceremoniously. <laughs> My feeling, uh, my one feeling was hurt. My one feeling was hurt for about two seconds, but you yeah, did. There you go. But 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 why? That's what I'm talking about. Though why did you? You were having more success than you'd experienced before. You were making more money. You were buying investment properties. You were doing more vacationing than I think I've ever done in my life, and you still are. But why did you decide to fire the per- the very person that had been your sherpa on the way up the mountain? Well, listen, it's human nature to to feel comfortable and to rest on one's laurels, and I certainly. Go had done that at various different points. And it's funny, you know, everyone thinks it's great to make $100,000 for a while. And then when they're done doing that for a couple of years, they think, well, wouldn't it be great to make 200000 for a year? And they get there like, this is the greatest thing ever. And the, You wanted you to know, be complacent. That's what I'm hearing you say. You thought you could basically uh, level off. You thought you could stay at cruising altitude using the plane taking off analogy and not have to continue to put in effort and you know, continue to expend fuel. You were hoping basically that you wouldn't have to continuously improve uh, you know, and maybe you could maintain the current level. But then something, some spark came up in you, and this happens a lot. I have you know, calls like this all the time where there's something where people realize I can go to the next level. I could do something extraordinary in my life. I'm comfortable, and they, then you realize you're becoming complacent. Maybe it's because you listen to the podcast or something like that. So what was the thing that decided you to jump back in the deep end? Well, I think that I started to look once again at, at my five-year plan and where I wanted to be personally and, and looked at the trajectory that I was on, which was effectively a flat trajectory, and that's not going to take you anywhere. Um, so it was time to kind of you know, level up, and I looked at, well, what's worked for me well in the past? It's like, well, I saw the biggest gains personally in, in my business, but then in turn in what I was doing in my own investments when I was working with Tim. So came crawling back, crawling back to, to – uh, the Tim Harris program. And luckily, because you have such a creative name, I T. Chandler Halliburton, no one's ever going to forget that. So I remembered you, of course. But so here, here's the thing that's interesting about all this, guys. And that happens to all of us, right? It doesn't matter, you know, really. It could be your personal life, your financial life, your spiritual life. It could be your educational life, whatever. We all get to these points where we think we've got it all figured out, where it's all kind of comfortable. And we start becoming complacent. But the thing you have to all remember is you cannot stay the same. You cannot – complacency is a lie. I think that word actually is a lie. 
It, complacency, even being complacent, you're not complacent because things around you are constantly changing. Your financial situation is changing. Your, you know, your health is changing. You're hopefully for the better. All those types of things. So the, the, you know, hope that you can get to a point and say, I'm where I wanted to be. I'm done. It doesn't work. You'll lose what you have if you const- if you don't constantly fight every single day to get better. Uh, you're going to lose what you have. And if that doesn't motivate you guys to constantly improve, nothing will. I mean, really, that's the truth. So, Chandler, let's deep dive into what you're doing. And let's. And by the way, guys, I want you to remember, uh, and I'm actually, you know what, Chandler, this isn't one of our questions, not that I've used any of them so far anyway, but you're buying investment properties with the idea of building pa- uh, an income stream to create passive wealth for yourself. And that's something that we strongly encourage every single person to do. Um, how close are you to the point where you've got enough passive income coming in that you won't have to work anymore? Well, I'm already at the point now where all of my major expenses are paid for. So that means, you know, to, to keep a roof over my head and to put food in my belly, um, you know, I, I've reached the point now with 20-odd units that I can do that. But that's not enough for me, right? You know, I, I want to live a certain lifestyle and, and do the things that I want to do. Um, so I, I would say... Uh, I'm probably about 50% to where I want to be, um, but I know that when I get where I quote-unquote want to be, I know I'm going to want to do more anyway. So I look at that sort of as a, you know, through the same looking glass, which is that bigger and bigger and bigger. But, um, you know, I'm a relatively young guy. I've been investing in real estate just eight years now, which is a, a modest amount of time, um, and I've already gotten to a point where it's it's already secured the financial future for, for myself and my family, but not quite at the level where I would want it to be. So here's the thing that you deserve credit for, Chandler. One of the things you will look back upon when you're uh, a gray old man like me, I'm 47, but you know I can say stuff like that now. <laughs> but when you're, when you're looking back, what you, the accumulation of those rental properties and the discipline to buy those will be the thing you're most proud of. I freaking promise you, professionally speaking, that will be the thing that you look back upon saying, that's the one thing I really kicked the ass up. You know, you might not ever become the world's greatest salesperson, real estate agent, whatever. But as long as you accomplish the financial goal that comes from staying disciplined and buying those investment properties, that's going to be the thing. That's going to be the thing that makes it so that you're financially free. You know, rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And you get that. That's the thing. That's the reason I like coaching. You have your head screwed on straight. You know, but here's the thing. You run a very profitable real estate practice. You have very high margins. How difficult is it considering the fact you're on covers of magazines and up in your marketplace people kind of see you as the mayor of the community because you're, you know, you're right in this local paper and you know, you're famous in your marketplace so your ego has <laughs> to constantly be barraged with, you know, enticements to in, in, you know, aggrandize it and yet you stay focused on net margins. How do you do that? I guess it's, you know, continually to set goals and reevaluate goals and, you know, look at those stretch goals. Because it's so easy if you kind of listen to what people are telling you, it's so easy to get passive and to get complacent, like you said. And we kind of live in an industry where there's so much ego going on. And sometimes when you look under under the covers and see what people are actually doing, the ego's not merited. This is either people pumping their own tires or having others pump their tires for them. And for me, when I, I kind of look to people who are doing more than me, and I look to where I want to be in five years. And if you're honest about that and, you know, look at people who are outperforming you and, and don't be jealous and, and don't make excuses as to they're doing this, they're doing that. If you look at them and, and take inspiration from that, um, then all the other stuff that, that maybe could go to your head, it just falls by the wayside. 
That's right, because you're focused on your long-term goal of creating financial independence so that one day your money will work for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And when you run things through that filter and somebody calls you up and they're trying to sell you leads, you know, or they're trying to do some other whiz-bang, easy-button thing, it's very easy for you to say no thank you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I've gotten away from those shortcuts. You know, I, I, I probably did three years of looking for the, the magic pill or, or the secret shortcut, and they just don't exist. Um, so now, you know, um, it, it makes it more rewarding to put the legwork in, knowing not only is it what's required, but it's also what other people aren't doing. Henry Ford said you can't build your reputation based on what you're going to do. And obviously, I think he meant you basically build your reputation based on what you're going to do. And reputation is a big reason why you get a lot of centers and influence in past client business. What else do you do to bring that business to you? Well, I mean, what I've gotten better at through your help, you know, and, and credit where it's due, um, it, I, I've been going after the obvious leads. I've, I've been deciding, you know, what makes me money quickest, what makes me money with the most likelihood of, of success, expired listings, FISBOs, um, and setting up systems, right? Like it's all about systems, and this is something I struggle with. But like you said, it's day in, day out what you do, and, and the more you can systemize stuff and systemize with the right things in mind, which is closing properties, making money, uh, the easier that gets. Because the other stuff that's in, within your sphere, if you aren't you know, picking off that low-hanging fruit, then, then you're in the wrong business to begin with. So you should be doing that as part of your DNA makeup. But to get outside of your comfort zone and go after these other you know, common sense sources of income, you know, it, again, it, it seems like so obvious, but this is what um, the agents who are struggling aren't doing because they're not comfortable with it and, and they're, they're looking at buying other shortcuts. They don't exist. Well, so common sense isn't, isn't so common anymore, at least it isn't in the United States. I doubt if it's any different in Canada. Why, what's your opinion? Why do we have, you know, 100,000-plus listeners potentially for today's show? No, I'm not trying to make you nervous, by the way. So why do you think, that, why do you think common sense is so uncommon nowadays? What do you think is going on in, in the industry that agents aren't willing to do the real hard work? Well, listen, I don't know if it's the industry or just kind of a sign of the times, but everyone feels they're special. Everyone thinks they should be, you know, a huge success and, you know, that every buyer and every seller should just want to work with them because they have the sense of entitlement that they're the greatest. And, you know, again, I don't know if that's culture or, or what have you, but that's so much easier for people to tell themselves at night than to really ask the hard questions of, you know, what am I not doing? And this is something I kind of adapted um, a few years ago into my overall mindset rather than be jealous and say, well, so-and-so has this connection or that connection. And here's why this didn't work out for me. You know, you have to look within and say, when something doesn't go your, your own way, what could you have controlled? What could you have done differently? And that's a hard conversation for some people to have, um, especially when, you know, a, a lot of people who get into the industry have unrealistic expectations to start with. And then it takes them maybe a couple of years to get over that. And in those couple of years, they're already out of business, right? Or they've so stagnated, lo- they've plateaued. No, you're, I, you're speaking the truth, brother. I totally and completely agree with you. And I know our longtime listeners and our coaching clients, they get it as well. You know, there's a lot that sucks about being successful, period, in anything. I mean, there's a lot of suck involved in being successful. And most yeah. matter of fact, it's mostly suck. You have to do things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level. And you're constantly rowing down that you know, river of suck. 
What are the things that you yeah. least like to do? <laughs> what are the things? Well, that's the truth, right? Why? I mean, yeah. why sugarcoat yeah. it? Why? Why buy? Why feed people this myth, this lie that you know being successful is easy and it'll somehow naturally come to you? It won't. That's just yeah. not true. When you hear that from anybody, I, they're just trying to sell you something, right? Yeah, I, I tell people all the time. Anyone that asks me is that the secret is there's no secret, right? You've got to put the work. Yeah. in. it's that simple. It's the same as it's always been. And the new gadget, the new trick, whatever it may be, they're always going to come along. Um, but you know, you're only as good as what you put into it. So the more you put Facebook in, the more ads, regularly you put it teams, in. Teams, pay per click, clever ads here, clever ads there. You know, all these different yep. little gimmicks that have come around. They're all designed to feed into your guys's, you know, <laughs> innate desire to be lazy. To be complacent, to not have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And if you want to be successful, if you want to have a profitable business, if you want to make 50%, 60% margins to the point where you can buy 20 rentals in just eight years, you know, 20 doors, I'm sure, is what he was talking about because he's buying buildings. But the, that you yeah. have to be willing to do the real work. So, Chandler, in this business, what is it that you loathe doing that you have to do that you know gets you the results but you just would – <laughs> it's not something that's pleasurable. What are those things? Well, I'm I'm a human like everyone else. Uh, the um, the blocking off time to make the calls that I need to make is still my biggest challenge. You know, it's it's where I yeah I know it's where you and I focus with on our calls, um, and I know it's been my you know it, it determines where my business goes. Almost like clockwork. If I'm making my calls, my business is going up. If I'm not making my calls, my business, you know, flat lines, and, but I'm still bringing in money, so I feel great. But a couple months pass, and when that conveyor belt of new business slows down, I look back and go, well, what didn't I do the last couple months? And I didn't make the calls I needed to make. And, you know, it's, for me, it's not so much an aversion to making the calls, uh, which I know that's what it is for some people. For me, it's blocking off that time and being accountable to myself to you know treat that time the way I should. That should be the most important part of my my day. Like, listen, if I could hold this call with you and set that in my calendar, I should be able to do this exact same thing for all of those fizbos that are sitting around my neighborhood just waiting for me to come collect their money. You know, I should put a time in the calendar for them and keep that appointment because that's an important appointment. I wouldn't cancel on you, so why would I cancel on myself to make those phone calls? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Well, here's an interesting – I want to have everyone observe this. So here's someone who is successful, who's making a lot of money, who's willing to work hard, who obviously has a high level of business maturity, and you guys can listen to him. And I'm sure all of you guys are feeling the energy that there's no way this guy isn't going to be incredibly successful and do whatever he wants to do with his life. But you just heard him say the stuff that he basically – you know, he still struggles every day with the doing what he doesn't want to do, and he doesn't want to do it at the highest level. And Chandler, here's the bad news. You always will. Yep. I, by the 100%. way, that's that's, uh, that's employment security for me, so that's a good thing. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, but seriously, we all do. We I don't like working out. You know, there's a lot of things I have to do that I just for everybody's like that. And but those are the it'll 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 become easier occasionally. It'll be easier, but it'll always be something you just rather not do, and you still just have to do it. And guys, it doesn't matter what business you're in. It doesn't matter what anything you're in. They're always going to be saying, okay, so I'll tell you guys a true story. I'm not going to tell you the name of the actor. Well, I'm very tempted to, but I won't. Okay, I'll give you this hint. Um, he played Jason Bourne. So this actor <laughs> is friends with one of my <laughs> with one of my coaching clients, and um, they're spending the 4th of July together. So he, this actor doesn't like 
the mo- I mean, he basically doesn't like being around uh, crowds. He doesn't like being, um, you know, necessarily seen. He doesn't. He he complains about the monotony of acting, but he likes the money he makes as a result of that. And obviously, and uh, his passion. Guess what, guys? Is investing in real estate. That's how he knows uh, my coaching client. So you know, he is doing what he doesn't want to do, and he doesn't want to do it at the highest level because he's a great actor. He just absolutely is one of my favorite actors, matter of fact. Uh, but there it is, and there's somebody where you guys would see. Oh my gosh, it's famous. He's a multi multi millionaire. He's got all the world, you know, basically figured out. And yet he has to force himself to do what he doesn't want to do, and he doesn't want to do it at the highest level. So I promise you guys, anyone who's successful at anything, one of the key ingredients as to why they are is because they're willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, when other people aren't willing to do it at the highest level. Chandler, are you? I'm curious. What are you thinking? trying to figure out who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 100%. Not, it's and, not the main Jason Bourne you're thinking of. It's not the yeah. I'm giving you a hint. <laughs> okay. All right, that, that's a good hint. Um, yeah. yeah, for me also, it, it comes back to uh, personally for my competitive nature. And mm. one thing that really works well for me is, you know, I don't want to set aside that time. I, you know, avoid doing it. But then when I do it, you know, I, I get competitive with it. Anytime I get the first listing, I'm like, that's not enough. I want another one. Or, right. if, you know, I can't get through that first person. I say, I'm going to call this person until I get through to them. And if that doesn't work, I'm showing up at their house this weekend. And if they're not there, I'm showing up the next day too. Because the competitiveness motivates me. It's not my passion to go out there and put a for sale sign on their line. You know, it's my competitiveness to get that lead because that person is going to sell their home and that's going to put money in my pocket. And that's going to then allow me to do something else that I want to do with my life. Right. So that's right. You know, and it comes, it doesn't come right away. You know, I know we've talked about it before. I'm sure your listeners have heard you say this. The emotion comes after the act, right? You can't let the emotion try to drive the act because there's no time that you're gonna be like, Oh man, I cannot wait to make these calls. I cannot wait to set aside you know, an hour between six and seven o'clock at night when I'd rather be sitting on the couch with my dog. No, I can't, you know, you're never going to feel that, um, but you have to do it because when you get that first person that says, absolutely come over here and list my property, then it'll feel 10 times better than, than the alternative. So what he's saying, guys, is don't wait to feel motivated. Don't wait to feel passion. Passion is just a fleeting feeling. Motivation comes and goes. You guys have listened to us so far for 22 minutes, and you've had different emotional reactions to the things we've said. You know, the fact is, is that your emotions will betray you. The one way you can move forward, the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, a mistake that people make when they kind of conceptualize what we mean by that, is they're going to wait to feel a certain way, and then they're actually going to do it. No, that's not what I'm saying. What we're saying is you do it every day, no matter how you feel, because when you're in the action, when you're doing it, like Chandler just said, so elegantly is that you are going to then start feeling your emotions will follow your actions don't wait for your don't wait for your emotions to lead your actions otherwise you're never going to really accomplish anything meaningful in life i have an interesting question uh, having balance is that an admirable goal or is that a myth no i mean balance i don't know what the uh the language barriers on uh on podcasts so i won't swear but but Balance Go ahead, swear. Throw it out there. <laughs> balance is bullshit, right? This whole idea of, oh, live a balanced lifestyle. I used to feel guilty about that. You know, my friends would see me being successful, and they would say, oh, Chandler, but you need balance. And, you know, I felt guilty because they would be out doing something, and, and I wouldn't be there because I was out making money. Then I realized after the fact, I'm like, well, you know, not to be disrespectful, but, you know, that's other people who maybe aren't achieving as much and kind of want to bring you back down a little bit. 
because, right. you know, it, it's an easy way to try to scapegoat and make someone feel bad about incredible success. And we've all done it. I see a guy at the gym who just looks phenomenal. And I say, Oh yeah, well, but that guy's in here every day. He needs a more balanced lifestyle. Bullshit. I'm just jealous of the fact that he has an, you know, a six pack and I'm still working on this, you know, trying to get beach ready. Right. Like balance doesn't accomplish anything. No one gets good at golf by, you know, only playing golf once a week. You know, no one gets in great shape by only going to the gym for 45 minutes every three days. If you want to be good at something, it's, you know, whatever the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours that you put into it. And, you know, we all want to work smarter, not harder. But again, this idea of balancing your lifestyle. No, if you want to achieve something, you've got to put all your, not all your eggs in the basket, but you've got to lean heavily into it. And that's what I'm doing with, with my real estate business to then in turn leverage towards the other side of my real estate business, which is investing. And if that means that, I mean, I got rid of my golf membership because I read a great book in where, in which, you know, the author says, forget golfing while the other agents are out there golfing. I'll just, you know, be stealing their clients. Right. You profits know, aren't everything. They're the only thing. It sounds like what you're referring to. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. Profits aren't, you know, the and, book he's talking about guys. Well, let, let, come on. We got to help these guys Chandler. It's profits aren't everything. Yeah. They're the only thing. It's the last book that will be ever mentioned at any real estate seminar at any real estate brokerage at any, anything, but it's one of the best modern business books ever written. Profits aren't everything. They're the only thing you guys should get that book. Uh, sorry, Chandler. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, listen, it, it's, I love that book. Um, because it's no nonsense. It's, you know, uh, it, it cuts to the chase. So, I mean, listen, I'll golf when I'm, you know, exceptionally wealthy and I need to find hobbies to, you know, free up my time or I'll golf when the resort that I'm at ha- comes with a golf course. Now, yeah, there you, go. you know, that, 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 that's me personally because I'm 33 and I, I say, you know, some of these things I'll get around to it uh, once I'm done what's most important to me, which is establishing my life. And that said, um, you know, I'm also very fortunate now that um, my friends who have, you know, uh, maybe taken different approaches to, to how motivated they are to achieving financial success. Um, maybe they golf more, but I'll tell you, you know, they golf at the public course, whereas, you know, I'll go golf at, at the golf course. That's $300 around. And I'm not saying that to sound like an asshole, but uh, <laughs> that's, you know, um, being focused well, and being me, driven is not a crime. Let, it, it's let me give you a look. Necessary. Let me give you a little look forward. When you're when you're about ten years older, ten maybe fifteen years older, you you see you can't really see the difference between what you're doing and how you're living your life and your friends because your lifestyles are similar enough, right? But in about ten or fifteen years, what's going to happen is you're going to get the compounding effect of 10 or 15 years' worth of really drilled-down work and focus on wealth creation, and the difference in the trajectory in your life at that point will be profound. It won't even be close. So it's. Yeah. I remember back when I, Julie and I was, you know, we were in our early 30s like you are, and, and I, I would wrestle with all those types of emotions as well because you'd see people that were spending more time doing non-work stuff. And you always had that little conversation going on in the back of your head. I remember just as clearly as you're, you know, verbalizing it now. But it's 10 years later, 
you know, I'm 47, and I can tell you that I'm so happy I stayed the course just like you are because it creates so many different options and the stress that most people experience in their 40s and 50s from having all these financial woes, we don't have them, and neither will you. And neither will the listeners who are willing, and, you know, it doesn't matter what age you're in, guys. You're going to be in your 50s when you're hearing this, your 60s when you're hearing this. It all comes down to the same thing, the same level of discipline. So, Chandler, looking back at the start of your real estate career, when you were a new agent, what would you have spent more time on? What would you have not done at all in retrospect? Well, I would, have, I would have done two things differently. One, I would have simplified my life and gone after the common sense stuff, which is that I should have been on the phone every day calling every single person I knew, and when I was finished with them, I should have contacted every single person I knew's parents and called all of them. That's how I should have spent one-third of my time. Uh, the other two-thirds of my time should have been on expireds and FISBOs, and that's it. You know? And instead, I filled my time with like, designing just the perfect business card perfect business card that I'll give to someone and and make them call me. And and this was also back when landing pages were a massive thing. Oh, you need a landing page. You need to buy a domain. And then people will just somehow end up on your domain and they'll just send you an email that, you know, gives you their life story and and you'll have their listing. So I spent all this time and energy on all these things that made me feel good, that padded my ego, uh, that were all, you know, branding and, and marketing, but didn't make any money. Right. No, and it never does. Um, and, you know, it's an elegant no, lie. It never does. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. But hindsight's twenty it, twenty. I had to go through that as a lot of people go through it. But I'll tell you, it's a lot better when uh, you can shorten the learning curve and get off that as soon as possible and realize every time that you're in front of your computer wasting on that, um, you know, you, you're just you're just working against yourself. It's that simple. Um, and again, I get it because I've been through it and I still struggle with it. But being aware of that and daily reflecting on it is, you know, the key to continuing to grow. That's right. Wake up. Do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Stick to your three to five minimum standards. Stick to your morning schedule the best you can. And the accumulation effect of those efforts are profound. And, and guys, that's the formula. And Chandler just touched a whole bunch of funny things. I read an article yesterday on Inman that talked about the fact that there was hundreds of millions of dollars that are being put into these, um, what were they called, VCs, these venture uh, capitalists, and whose sole purpose is, I think it was $212 million, was invested with a specific VC company that was set up specifically to fund real estate-related startups. And so, guys, you're going to be seeing – you're going to be awash with new startups that are trying to sell you new passive lead generation stuff or drip campaigns and all the rest of it. And look, guys, those things have a place, but if your goal is to truly make money, help people make money, build net worth, build wealth – those things, maybe they don't have a place, maybe not until you've gotten to your business and your, you know, I mean, I guess what I'm kind of saying is maybe they have a place, maybe they don't. Um, all that stuff has been, uh, it's, none of it's new. It's all been proven to essentially have marginal results. And so if you're really serious about long-term, ever-increasing success in the business, do what Chandler does. So Chandler, listen, if they want to get in contact with you, if they want to send a referral up to you, they want to you know, say thanks for today's interview or ask you a question, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, anyone can feel free to email me anytime. It's just Chandler, C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R, at remaxnova.com. I could talk about this stuff you know, at length. 
Uh, I won't just because I've got to go out and actually make money, but happy to answer anyone's mm-hmm. questions because one of the things that's always really effective for me is that in talking with other people about it um, and teaching, you know, newer agents around my office, um, you know, it keeps me accountable and it reminds me of all these really simple things that I should be doing. You know, when I see an agent wandering around the office, you know, with their license, the ink is still drying on their license and they're doing all the stupidest things imaginable. And I just look and I see myself and I just want to grab them and shake them uh, and they, you know, simplify. These are some things that you're doing because, you know, and relating to that, one of the things, if I could go back in time, mentorship, coaching, right? You know, it's so hard. Some people, you know, they, they don't invest in themselves or if they do, they do it in every other field imaginable, right? Like we spend time and energy. We consult professionals. We consult expertise. We get opinions on everything except for some reason our own careers. And it never ceases to amaze me, right? Like if you're going to people, go to the gym. People don't, want to be told, yeah. people don't want to be told to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do it. That's why. It takes a certain level of business maturity. It takes a certain level of belief a certain level of conviction, a certain level of integrity, and frankly, character to be, you know, and everyone who's ever succeeded at anything in life, and it doesn't matter what it is, has had a coach, has had a mentor. And to deny that or to think you, well, Chandler, look, you're guilty of this, right? You, you had yep. success. Then you said, well, I, could, I got it figured out. I can do it on my own. Then you came back. So there, you went through, so Chandler's speaking from personal experience. So you guys, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, learn from, learn from the mistakes of others, you know, avoid making new mistakes. You know, that's the main thing. It's, a smart man learns from his mistakes. A brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others is the exact quote. Do that. That's what these interviews are all about. That's what coaching is all about, to shorten your path, to lessen your pain, to help you avoid all the, you know, the pitfalls and the minefields that are just everywhere as you're trying to be successful, not just in real estate, but in anything in life. So Chandler, listen, I really appreciate you being my co-host today. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I usually appreciate you I being appreciate a personal coaching client. <laughs> 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 so listen, guys, contact him, be motivated by what Chandler had to say, uh, and realize that, Mark, do you feel like you're in the right place at the right time? Do you feel like basically you're waiting for a better opportunity or are you, are you in it right now? This is it for you. How do you mean? Sorry, with the... a lot of people, Chandler, like, use the excuse. I was throwing this question at the very end when I was, you know, wrapping it up, but I just had the slot because uh, a lot of people will use the excuse that I'm waiting for the right time, I'm waiting for oh, the God. right opportunity, I'm waiting for the right. They're waiting, waiting, waiting. Whereas you are like today is the, I'm going to make it this so that you see, when you see those zombie agents walking around your office, they're the ones that are doing the waiting, waiting for the email, waiting for the phone that's... call. Wait. That, that, that's so dumb to me because you're in real estate. What, what would be the, the thing about real estate is when was the best time to buy? Yesterday. Always. <laughs> right? Like, you know, so this idea that we would wait in our own personal lives about something. If I could go back in time, I would buy up every smart investment property. You know, I would do all of these, these things because everyone knows that real estate's been a sound investment. And, all this, and yet here we are, professionals who know that, the very product we sell um, we, we don't apply the same thought process to ourselves. The best time to start all this stuff was yesterday. You should have done it yesterday, but don't be here tomorrow saying I should have done it yesterday. Right? I cannot no conclude any better. 
I cannot conclude any better than that. So, Mr. Halliburton, <laughs> you, thank you. Very good. I appreciate you very much being my co-host. And everyone else, listen to this podcast again and again and again. I'm motivated from listening to this guy. I'm excited by where Chandler and his family are going to be in 10 years, 15, 20 years. That motivates me. I'm looking forward to being on Chandler's yacht over in Monaco watching a <laughs> Formula One race, <laughs> right? That's where hopefully Sounds we'll good. be. And, and you know what? You all should be on the yachts next to us. So if you guys need me for anything, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Chandler, have a fantastic day. Thank you for being my co-host. Everyone else, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.